Welcome to another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB edition. That other episode is number 33 of the pod. We are just a few weeks away from the MLB All-Star Game, and we just watched another great weekend of baseball. My name is Taylor Ringgold, and my co-host, Griffin Warner, is here. Griff, we went one and one in best bets. Unfortunately, the Twinkies bullpen did not hold up for me. I think I should just personally just be disappointed in myself or even picking them because the bullpen is so bad. But for you, you picked the red-hot Baltimore Orioles. So good on you for that one. Yeah, uh, can't say I've had a lot of these, but losing 3 nothing in the seventh inning, coming back and winning with three runs in the bottom of the ninth to come back from a 4-2 deficit, pretty good. Can't say I've been on that side for many of them. Usually I'm on the team that's blowing it, but – uh, just uh, another hilarious performance by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And there's a reason why loss is in their name. Wow. Shots fired. Shots across the barrel. Wow. Look at that. I mean, look, they are the most disappointing team in 2020. I think we can solidify that right now. I know the White Sox have been pretty disappointing so far. Yeah. But the Angels have, have been the most disappointing team. And I think it was like those three teams. It was the Mariners. The White Sox and the Angels and art. It was at funny. Ham, at Ham. Have you seen the I Seattle know. Mariners? I, you didn't let me finish. Okay. You didn't let me finish. Right. Keep going. Keep they going. were at so at one point. These three teams were consistently just playing poorly, but the Mariners have been playing very well, and it's nice to see that this team's playing extremely well going into the All Star break. And one of the catalysts for their success is Julio Rodriguez, who just made the all-star team for the very first time in yeah. his rookie season. Very pumped I up for that one. I, I kind of want a jersey, too. You know what? It's very funny. So I, I was doing a little deep dive. Before we get into our regular routine here, what we do every episode, I was looking at the reserves and the roster overall. Two which roster? Which roster? Which both roster? rosters? Both and both American League and National League rosters for the All Star Game. Thank you. And there are thirty first time All Stars combined. Thirty. That's wow. very important when it comes to growing the game and putting new faces on the screen. You know, first timers like I'm going to read a couple. Byron Buxton's a first timer. Jordan Alvarez, first timer. Stud. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, Travis mm. Darno, mm. CJ yeah. Crone, Danzy Swanson, Ian Happ, um, Max Freed, your boy, Tony Gonsolin, Paul Blackburn, my guy, made the all-star team, rep- sole representative of the athletics, Classe, Manoa, Lopez, uh, Shane McClanahan, and some other names, but there are a a lot of first-timers, and then the coolest thing is that the Contreras brothers will be starting in the All-Star game together in the National League. It's the first time in 30 years since two brothers started on the same team. Whoa. That was Roberto and Sandy Alomar. In hold 19- on, hold on. I, I get the Cubs Contreras. The Braves Contreras is starting? What? He's what replacing position? He's replacing Bryce Harper at the DH oh. spot. Because okay. Contreras has DH for quite a few times this year, because Darnell starts on the plate. <laughs> I mean, uh, what is the NL that bad? They can't find anyone better to replace in the starting lineup than 
William Contreras. I mean, get out. I mean, of here. they. Plays, I mean, he plays half they, the games. I mean, they they could have had Schwarber or Soto. Even so, having a bad year. God, Rob Manfred, just just a sucker for ratings. Oh my God. Well, I mean, this is also the it's the managers doing as well. I think that's kind of, and also I, I think it's a great story. And also these guys are, these starters usually start for three innings, maybe, maybe three, and then they're out. And then you have the replacements coming in, but I'm, I'm honestly gonna, surprised that, that Miguel Cabrera and Pujols weren't starting at the DH spot. I mean, I'm not going to feign that I care a lot about this game. I really look forward to the week off in the middle of the season. Cause Oh my God, I baseball is such a grind every day. I don't even know how many hours I sleep anymore, but um, so yeah, I'm, not, me. I'm not going to be that sad about it on this podcast. Cause we got a lot of other things to cover, but William Contreras starting is an LOL. Um, I think he's had himself a solid season. I want to say, yeah, dude, nice as a platoon split against lefties. Like, I mean, come on, like eleven home runs, eleven home runs, twenty-two nice. RBIs, batting two seventy-three. Nice, big yeah. big numbers from a backup <laughs> catcher. Nice. Okay, I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, we don't need to. Like, people have probably heard enough from me out of this. So, I good congratulations, William. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I think it's very cool. I think he. I think he's extremely raw. I want to say, how old is he? How old is this kid? Twenty four. He's extremely raw. You could definitely tell he's he's got a nice bat. Um, I don't. I don't know about the defense. I think he's pretty good. I don't know. His brother's a lot better than him, I guess, defensively. But um, six Yankees made the All Star team. Four New York Mets. Uh, a lot of first timers. I'm very excited for this, but we'll we'll have a kind of I guess we'll have a an episode next week, a few episodes, correct? Griff, all star related. We will Un- until and someone tells us otherwise. We're going three three episodes a week for our for our peoples. Yeah, we'll give some mid season awards conversations. See who maybe has better odds to win the MVP at the second half. Kind of compare it from the first half, the beginning of the year. Those are always interesting things to me. But, Griff, before we get into a recap of the series spotlight, let me give the kids a little ad. How's that sound? Go ahead. Go ahead. Pregame.com Game Center is an up-to-the-second odds screen. You can watch live scores and odds change in real time for any sport. It's very important, guys, if you're going to be playing with Pregame.com. It's like being right at the sports book, but even better. The Game Center will give you the odds for the biggest and best sports books in Las Vegas, online and offshore. Do you want to see what teams what teams do, the totals or specific wages you're betting on? You can do that in the pregame.com Game Center by simply clicking on the tab. That's it. Real-time money and tickets counts are displayed for every single game in every single sport. So before you bet, increase your chances of your winnings with the pregame.com game center today. Griff, what was your series spotlight from Friday's episode? It was the uh, the San Francisco Giants visiting the San Diego Padres. And from what looked like a uh doomsday scenario with the giants losing the first two games and really looking uh completely inept in hitting pitching fielding all areas they came back and won the last two games of the series big 
especially uh, seeing Carlos Rodon throw a, a complete game. Um, didn't see that one coming, especially because he's been a little bit off of late, um, but was dominant against the Padres bullpen who blew uh, a one, one game in the eighth, which I think would have been a pretty heavy favorite to win. But uh, Luis Garcia could not keep uh, the ball in the yard. Unfortunately, uh, Wilmer Flores took him deep. And then today, uh, Mackenzie Gore didn't have it, uh, clearly. And some, somewhere, some way, somehow, Alex Wood threw out a really big pitching performance. Um, I don't know if pigs are flying, but uh, seeing him pass the sixth inning was something I haven't seen, unless my eyes are deceiving me. I, I was out in uh, Barton Springs today in Austin. But um, pretty impressive performance for the Giants coming back, stealing a split in that series. Didn't seem deserved to me from what I had seen so far, especially those first two games, but uh, tied it late as well. And, you know, Giants are hanging around only two games over 500. So that's not looking great, but a big series to get a split on the road. That was a, what seemed to be a pretty crowded Petco Park. Pretty important series. We talk about those in division games, in division series are important. Doesn't matter what time of the year it is. And I'd say it's almost more important when it comes to mid season. But for me, the biggest rivalry in baseball, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yankees travel to Boston. It's been a great, great series. Garrett Cole with this, you know, got the win barely. Won a 6-5 win in game one. Yeah. And in game two, the Yankees scored 12 runs against the Red Sox. Big 12-run win, 12-5 win, excuse me. Saturday night's game. I'm at work at WFAN. It's one of my other jobs. And I watched the game from work to working on it because the Yankees, uh, the WFAN covers the Yankees. And that was a rough game. It was a back-and-forth affair, a Verdugo tie game hit, and then he wins it in the 10th. You had Judge and Rizzo clutch late in the game. You had Peralta, who's had a very good year below the game. It was a, it was a classic Yankee-Red Sox matchup. And then tonight, we're recording Sunday night right now, it is a 6-6 ball game after 6. This is just what typical Yankee games are about. You know, the Red Sox would be really lucky just to split it right here. Um, definitely can happen. Tyon, I think, is still in the game. I want to say he just finished up the 6th. Chapman looks like he's coming in now. Okay, so thank you for Don, Don, Don. I know. Don't even talk. I, it gets me worried. His last outing was not so good. But, guys, this is this is what these series are about. It's It's extreme hype. The rivalry is there. I know the Red Sox are 15 games back, but they're still going to be very competitive. This Yankee team is very good, but the Red Sox offense can really do some damage. We saw that in this series, clutch moments. But I mean, the Red Sox, the Red Sox pitching needs to, needs to change fast. I don't know if Chris Sale's the difference. I'm sure he's not. I don't know what the Red Sox will do with the deadline, which I can't wait for that episode. We'll talk about maybe some players that maybe might get traded, and also what does that mean for – you betting on games with those new um, acquisitions. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sox started a triple uh, a uh, rotation for the series. I mean, no excuses. That's what they did. And we'll see what happens with them. Cause they need pitching help. Chris sale coming back will be huge. As long as he's not uh, destroying televisions. Yeah, throwing temperature. Love to do Like 
maybe he's just like a psychopath. I don't know. Um, but still the Red Sox, even starting random guys, we've never, we don't even know their first names in this podcast. We do three of them a week. Um, they're still ahead of the Rays and the Blue Jays. Blue Jays one and nine last 10. Not exactly the way you want to head into uh, the all-star breaks. So this will be a big week for them. But I mean, the Red Sox have kind of come out of nowhere to be in this, this playoff race, which I think, I mean, you can never really doubt a team with that type of payroll, but they've been cheaper uh, to spend all, I mean, Fenway sports group spends all its money on Liverpool and maybe for good reason, but um, we'll see what happens with, with kind of where this goes. And I got to stay the Mariners with a big run uh, nine and one last 10 basically reversing the blue Jays. I mean, they're fighting their way back into it still way behind the Astros. It looks like division races might not be a big deal, but the wild card might be, might be up for grabs for, for the whole season. And I'm looking forward to that. And I know it's crazy. I know it's nuts. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But the Baltimore Orioles, I'm not kidding you. The Baltimore Orioles, as of right now, are two games back of a wild card appearance right now. Whoa. They're two games back. I know, man. It's nuts. The Red Sox, the the Blue Jays, I'm sorry, Red Sox and Rays right now are at the two spot. And then the one and two for the wild card. And then the Mariners and the Blue Jays are tied at 45 and 42, and the Orioles are 43 and 44. Orioles ending the first half on a high note. I don't know if their front office is going to try making a move, like really, we're going to be in oh, it to win no, it. I don't, no I don't think so no for way. a second. No and Orioles fans will be pissed when Trey Mancini might get traded. Jorge Lopez, I think, would 100% get traded. Yep. Santander, I think, will get traded as well. I mean, he might be the most valuable guy, in my opinion. Switch hitting power outfielder, you know, with a crazy defense, too. And Jorge Lopez is having a ridiculous year. All-star, maybe all-star team. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like Lopez is already gone. And then every time the Orioles win, the GM's like, oh, no, <laughs> now what do we do? I know, because yeah. it's, it's, it's like, you, all right, let's, it's like, we, we can save pro- this. We can save this for next week, I yes, guess, or maybe I, I, I got a lot to say. Shows. Yes, yeah. yes, we'll save it for next week. And I mean, the- but it'd be nice if the Orioles could play the Angels every weekend. Then they would go undefeated the rest of the year. Probably, you're probably right. All right, so that is um, a little breakdown from our serious spotlight. Uh, top performers for me, I'd say um, the Seattle Mariners of the squad just really impressed me this week. They Big comeback win today too. Yeah, so they're they're hot. They've won eight games in a row, nine their last ten. You just mentioned that they are really trying to keep their heads afloat. Trying to make it's going to be very hard for them to make a, a division push, being that they're twelve games back. Long season still. Last year they made a incredible late August September comeback, trying to make the playoffs. But this team, this team is. We I was so disappointed in them the first month Both and a us. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they're keeping themselves afloat. Only three games above 500, but nice eight-game winning streak with one week left of the All-Star game. Yeah, I'm looking at the AL Central and seeing the Twins just kind of running away right now. Uh, Guardians and White Sox both four and a half or five games back, respectively. Um, I mean, there's going to be some big movements in the next week or so, and then teams get to reset their bullpens, rotations, everything like that, get ready for a charge the second half of the year. 
I'm I'm pretty pumped. I got to say, uh, baseball's been, despite all of Rob Manfred's efforts, it's been going fairly well this season, and I'm looking forward to more of it. And if we're ready, we can ch- jump in uh, to Monday's card. Uh, we'll go through each of these games, uh, give you lines and totals, and then also give our best bets at the end of show. Um, I'll start in Miami with uh, Mitch Keller at Tyler Rogers in one of the biggest stay away games possible, maybe ever. Uh, no idea how you can back Mitch Keller uh, as as likely an underdog. No idea how you can back Trevor Rogers, even though he was like one of the best pitchers in baseball last year and has simply lost all of it. I don't know how to explain that, but Rogers, despite losing all of it, as I just said, is a minus one forty nine favorite over under his eight. Uh, can't expect a ton of runs in this one unless either of these pitchers pitches to their ERAs, which are never good, or whips, or whatever you want to use. What stat? What metric? Uh, how do we bet Mitch Keller in this one? I have no idea. I was looking at this before the, before our show, and I'm looking at Rogers is minus one forty nine right now, and this guy has a north of. He has a five and a half ERA. I imagine he, his whip is probably higher than that 1.49 number, which is especially his, scary. His whip right now is a one five seven. Yeah. Never good to have your whip higher than your uh, juice that you're paying to bet you. I got to say. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little scary. Last year, his whip was at 1.15. He was awesome. I, like, he was great. He was unreal last year. I remember even when he was against the Mets a few starts ago, um, the one of the Mets broadcasters were like, yeah, this guy's awesome. He's great. Don't look at those numbers. They don't mean anything or something. I don't want to misquote, but like basically saying he's still a really good pitcher. I just we haven't seen it this year. Um, and I keep like looking for maybe some signs like a good start at Washington was good, but like they can't hit anything. They couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. So like, I'm not really sure that says much. And and I think until we see T- Trevor Rogers deliver something, we can't believe he's going to do it. It's just, how do you back, back, uh, back Mitch Keller? I don't, I don't know how you do it. Next we'll go to a big, big pitching match. We probably should spend more time on this one. Philly at St. Louis, Aaron Nola at miles, Michaelis, Philly, these teams have been playing for the last two full weeks. Um, Aaron Nola currently a slight road favorite, minus 109, uh, over under seven and a half. I f- am fully in the Phillies camp for this one. I think Aaron Nola's had a really good year, and it's been a little bit over, I guess, shown by his bad bullpen, and, and he hasn't gotten a lot of support. Uh, but St. Louis and Miles Michaelis, he's been great too. I'll credit him for that. I just don't see that uh, staying long term. Yeah, this is this is a. Uh, I was looking at these matchups like we always do before the show starts, and this is the one of the two big matchups. It's the small gets ten per ten uh, game card, but this matchup is what you pay big bucks to go see. Nola is. I I, I want to say he got snubbed. I want to say he got snubbed. You said you said he did get snubbed earlier. I mean, yeah, how, how Aaron Nola is not on this All Star team, but William Contreras is starting. Never mind, I'll stop. Look, when it comes to that kind of stuff, usually it's like 24 hours before where a lot of reserves get replaced and guys can make the roster. But true, true. I, I like I like Aaron Nola too. I think the Cardinals lost today, I want to say. No, they won today 4-3. 4-3, three. Three, yeah. Yeah. Dominguez, I think, led up the led up the run. Who's who's he's having a fantastic year too, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a pretty competitive series. But I, 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 I like your side as well. I like Nola in this one. 
Yeah, it's a l- looking a little weird. A lot of bullpen work today for the Phillies, but that's why you have Aaron Nola. That's why you pay him big bucks. That's why you trust him is that hopefully, I mean, if you could get nine innings or just as as few innings as possible from Phillies is, is most important. Um, I, I like Nola, but not so much as a road favorite. Next, we'll go the Mets at the Braves, probably the 1A to that 1B pitching matchup. But actually, I think this one by far number one. Max Scherzer at Max Freed. Uh, Max will win this one. Uh, and it looks like Freed's minus 118 favorite over under is seven. Um, from this from this perspective, I just feel like in a lifetime of of seeing Max Scherzer and underdog and betting that that has to be a profitable situation. I, I I'm almost certain. I've been doing it for years because he's he's rarely an underdog. I'll put it that way. But on this Mets team, we have a good defense, good bullpen. They have a long lineup. It's tough to tough to look the other way though. Of all pitchers the fade i don't know max freed's the guy that i want to do it against because because he's been so good for them and and maybe he can overpower or, or knife through this this mets this mets lineup yeah when i saw this i was like wait max scherzer is a underdog like uh, I, that's it happens but it's rare okay look he was his last his last start before he hit the il was may 18th against the cardinals and he pitched great then he comes off the il on july 5th it is a great great start to have against when you we come off the IL, nice tune-up game, get yourself together. Together, it was against the Reds, struck out 11 in Cincinnati, let up two hits. I'm taking Max Scherzer in this. He is con- He's continuing his dominance from when he pitched in May, and then he just last pitched in July. I know this is going to be – this is a huge, huge series before the All-Star break, and – Remember when the Mets were at a nine and a half game lead a few months ago? That lead has dwindled now to a game and a half. This series means a ton. And if you are looking at this series, this is the these are the right two guys to start off the series right now. Max Fried and Max Scherzer started off. So I, I like Scherzer as the underdog. And I think we'll never have that again this season. I was trying my best to find a stat of, of what Max Scherzer's record was, but I did see he wasn't an underdog from 2010 until 2020, which is pretty impressive. But Holy shit, uh, that's incredible. But uh, it's, I think it's happened a little bit more in the last couple of years. I just know fading him is not an option. So it's either Max Scherzer or bust for me, and we'll see how close I get to playing it. Uh, certainly have to check out bullpens and that stuff stuff as well uh next we'll go san diego at colorado we'll go sean Manaya at jose ureña who when he's not pegging the ball at ronald acuna i guess had a really good uh debut for the rockies in his last start uh currently Manaya is a minus 142 favorite on the road which is saying a lot for a padres offense that can't seem to score any runs uh and got embarrassed today flat out uh maybe they're gonna wake up in the I guess the altitude of, of course, field. I just, I don't really believe it. Manaya's struggles with swing and miss. So I'm not really sure he's been better about it recently over the last couple of years. Went from like a sinker baller essentially to someone that can get some strikeouts. But um, I guess the big thing is, can you back Jose Urania to have two good starts in a row in the high altitude on a bad Rocky team that looks like it's missing CJ Crone as well for, I don't know how long, but he hasn't played this weekend from what I saw. CJ Crone has made the all-star game, which is a nice. Oh, congratulations. His first time making the all-star game. That's nice. that's big. I mean, the first the first time guys aren't going to be sitting out. So maybe we actually get some players that were voted in that actually show up to the the, the, the summer classic. 
Yeah. Um, for me, I can't, I, I don't know how I can back Urania with the, the history that he's had this year. Yeah, it's not a lot. I, I know he had a nice little debut back on the mound in the major league level, but you know, you got to look at Manaya as well. Manaya did not pitch well on his last start on July 4th against the Mariners. He didn't even get out of the fourth inning, left four in runs, walked four Mariners. That's a lot. In his last three outings, he has a total of 10 walks. So I'd say he's good for a three-walk game. That's what he's good for. He's good for at least three walks and maybe getting out of the sixth inning if you're lucky. He's really went the distance majority of the time, six or seven innings flat. He's had two starts in the last few months going four innings against the Cubs and, of course, three and a third innings against the Mariners. Those are certain things you have to take into account. The Rockies lineup is really hit or miss. They have their they have their nights when they the, the bats really work, and also they really are just – it's hard to back a team when they're just really um, – I can't think of the word, not hit or, but hit or miss is the word, but um, yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of missing. That's for sure. Um, but your rain, but your is just not, he's not a guy I can back. I mean, it's, it's Rockies or nothing for me, but probably nothing. Next we'll go to the Bay area, Arizona at San Francisco, Merrill Kelly at Alex Cobb, a remix or a rematch. Excuse me. I hope it's a remix of a best bet that I made last week on Arizona who blew a four, nothing lead at an 89.7% win expectancy rate. Not the most fun, but uh, got to, I guess, deal with it. Um, I'm still not a believer that San Francisco has cured its ills um, from two uh, good wins on, on Saturday and Sunday at the Padres after they were lifeless in the first two games really until the ninth inning uh, of Thursday's matchup. I'm just not really a believer um, in Alex Cobb. He's seemed really unlucky so far this season, but... I'm not really a believer that's going to turn around. He's all of a sudden become a lucky guy, and he's one of the most often injured players, often injured pitchers in all of the big leagues. Currently, Cobb is a minus 156 favorite, over under 7.5. It's Merrill Kelly or nothing for me, baby. I'm with you, and I do have to say, I I, I have to listen back. I have to listen how many times Merrill Kelly and Alex Cobb have been mentioned on this pod. At, at some point, Griff, we have to give like a we have to crown somebody the most talked about player, like pitcher wise. Because we always talk pitch, we talk pitching matchups all the time. Merrill's right? up that, there, yeah. Merrill's up there. Cobb's up there. I'd say maybe Blackburn. even Blackburn, Glenn Otto. Oh yeah, a little bit. But I mean, we I, we can have if the listeners want to want to nominate some uh, some 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 of our own midseason awards. Maybe who they're too sick of us talking <laughs> about. It's probably me yelling about Rob Manfred, but whatever. I do like Merrill Kelly in this. Cobb is like you said, just been really inconsistent, and the hype really has just dwindled away from what we heard at the beginning of the year. I mean, I I was in on that hype, but we're giving Merrill Kelly a 41% chance to win this game current line. So uh, I, I like Arizona. Next, we'll go Detroit at Kansas City. We have a, a doubleheader. So we get to watch some Detroit at KC AL Central Madness uh, in the afternoon tomorrow. I'm trying not to have my boss, my boss get mad at me. Uh, Michael Pineda at Brad Keller. Keller off a really good start against the Astros, which is a big old surprise to me. Uh, currently Keller minus 133 home favorite over unders nine and a half. Um, two teams I can't really hit. I think I prefer the the Tigers bullpen to Kansas City's. Um, but I don't really know what I think about Pineda so far. And this is a pretty ugly group, but I guess I lean the the underdog. 
The Tigers have won seven of the last ten. There's, uh, I, it's, it's a little impressive for a team that can't more play. than a little, more than a little, yeah. Well, two games skid right now, but Michael Pineda, uh, will give you hopefully five innings, and then the bullpen got help, you know. Gregory Soto is the only guy that is reliable in my eyes. No, no, no. Fulmer. Fulmer's great. Uh, I I was going to say Fulmer as well, but I know Soto was made the all-star team for the Tigers. Mm. Good on him for that. Uh, I I actually, a little uh, mic drop here, name drop, excuse me. I have met Michael Pineda in person in 2019. Griff, this man is a absolute behemoth. He is gigantic human. Um, that has nothing to do with betting on the game. No information. No, I, I mean it. It matters. I mean, big guys are good at sports in general. Freaking gigantic! He's just so big. He's just a big dude. Super, super nice guy, but he's just huge. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing because I mean he was a really good pitcher before. He liked a little bit really too much pine tar in his neck, but. Uh, next will go. Very true. Oh, uh, your guy, Brian Bayo. He's starting again for the Red Sox at Tampa with Matt Whistler. Uh, no, shoot, no number here. It looks like, uh, I don't know what to believe because I don't think Circus actually going to open Brian Bayo a favorite on the road here. I mean, maybe they will. The Red Sox, I mean, they're playing right now. Tough travel day. We saw this with the Dodgers on Sunday Night Baseball going and throwing up a complete goose egg against Chad Cool in Denver. Uh, after a late night and some travel. So I, I think I, I like the, the Rays set up here, though. Matt Whistler's slider hasn't been very good this year. Yes, he, he, not- uh, what, you give him a quick shout-out, though. He's the one who lost the game for the Rays the other day, the game-ending balk. Matt Whistler game-ending walk-off balk. You just hate to see that. Well, I had thought I forgot about that, but now that you brought it back up, uh, absolutely ridiculous rule, um, you know, Yes, it was a balk. He moved his glove, blah, blah, blah. But like Rob Manfred wanted games to end that way. Like it's it's 2022. We've been through a pandemic. We're still going through it, I guess. Yeah, like, and give, I, us, give us something, please. I That's tweeted out the video when it happened. I tweeted out the video and in my tweet. I said, um, imagine betting on this game. I would have thrown up if I did. And then I got so many people commenting, retweeting it. <laughs> and they were, d- d- dude, they were people. And I appreciate you people that were, I don't know if you've listened to the pod or some of you, I, I recognize some of you who followed me since uh, the pod has started that have let, liked and commented on it. I had some people, Griff, that were that were showing their, their stubs of the parlay that they had. Mm-hmm. And it was like one game was voided in like a 14-team parlay. Yeah. And the one loss was that, and he would have won like 17k, but the freaking balk lost them the game. I like that's those are the killers, man. That makes you never want to bet and watch baseball ever. And I'm I'm happy I was on the other end of that. I mean, bullpens make me want to do that every night, but yes, that is that is a tough <laughs> one. Sorry for whoever. I mean, maybe next time, hopefully it's only a 13 teamer. Um, next we'll go. Looked like uh, White Sox at Guardians. Another, uh, we got a lot of AL Central this week. It's going to be real fun, I'm sure. Uh, Lance Lynn, your guy at Cal Quantrill. And Lance Lynn is a road favorite, minus 112 as we speak, over under his nine. Uh, can't really like the Guardians too much. They somehow win all these games at the end, which is not repeatable, believable. That'll continue forever. But Cal Quantrill does throw with his right hand, and that's a problem for the White Sox. So uh, <laughs> by default, I am interested in the Guardians. I am also interested in the Guardians. 
not because of the hate I have against Lance Lynn, but Lance Lynn last start against another AL Central team, and that is the Minnesota Twins. He did not pitch well. Five innings, five earned runs, a home run, two walks, spiking that ERA up to a nice. How many Ks? Five, How many Ks three, in that one? How many he had Ks? four Ks. Yeah, that's not very good. He's a high fastball strikeout guy that, to me, didn't have a lot of control in that start. Twins he's only he's had. Yeah, five dude, leads, he, but yeah, whatever. He, in his starts this year, in his five starts, four strikeouts, five, eight against the Orioles, five and four. So maybe look, looking up against some props with strikeouts for Lance Lynn, if you were betting on this game, I don't know. If, if you see, uh, just keep that in mind. That's all I want to say. But yeah, I, I mean, liked, that, I that sounds like a lot of unders because he was he was a, a more than a strikeout printing guy in the past. Um, I mean, he was late to the year because of a knee injury, probably because he's a little overweight, more than a little. But like I, I don't, I don't really see it with him. Uh, he doesn't look like the same guy he has been because he's been really good for three or four years in a row. When everyone thought he was just going to be just the guy in St. Louis forever, finally left was really good. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking to bet against him though, and a bet against that and that White Sox you, team. Do you know his first name is actually Michael? I just found that out just now. It's Michael wow. Lance Lynn. Is it Ferrari? Anyway, go on to the next game before I start. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry, I didn't know here. you didn't like Michaels either, but anyway. No, okay. I do like Michaels, but he's like, you know, call yourself Michael Lynn, not Lance Lynn. Ferrari. Man, dude, I mean, if you want to get start getting on naming conventions, we got a long podcast to go. We'll go okay. next into Oakland at Texas. Adrian Martinez at Spencer Howard. Spencer Howard used to be a big prospect. Uh, Texas got him in a deal, I think, from Philly. And yes, he's right. just been batting practice. Yet, batting practice, Spencer is a minus 161 favorite at home to the double-A athletics. I mean, the athletics are terrible, but they do win some games. Even the worst team in this in this league will win 40%. Um, that's you're giving them a, a smaller chance than that tomorrow. Uh, tell me, tell me why Spencer Howard deserves this. Maybe you don't uh, I don't know. I, I the athletics are <laughs> Their offense is very bad. I actually got to watch a little bit of it the other day. I watched the athletics play. I was flipping through the games, and they were like one of the only games are left on the schedule. I threw them right, on, right, right. and I la- it lasted a total of, of like three minutes because I watched – I forgot who was that bad it was, but it was just like you know a poor, poor situational hitting. You're swinging 2-0, like, for the fences, you know, right through a changeup. Like, just terrible. I can't watch the A's hitting. And I know Spencer Howard is kind of trash, but seeing that minus 161 does tell you something how bad the A's are. Yeah, but uh, we actually now have two starters on this podcast uh, for Monday's uh, baseball games that have a higher whip than their favored uh, Spencer Howard with a nice 1.88 whip. He's only had one oh, so far, but his ERA is all, just south of 11, 10.97. Uh, he's got more. Actually, no, it wasn't his only appearance. It's, like, it must have been a while. He was probably sent down for being t- terrible before then. Um, yeah, I, just, I mean, I like the A's. I don't know how to, how in the world I can back them. Uh, maybe your run lines in play here, getting one and a half on the road because Texas might only get eight at bats. Maybe. I just saw uh, the Red Sox line just got posted just now. If you want to jump back to that, I don't know if you want to. Red Sox are now minus 115. Okay, against so, that's, that's circa, so that circuit number was right then. I mean, I Red Sox going for what should be a, a long, long game tonight, as per usual with Red Sox-Yankee games and on ESPN. They'll probably throw in some extra commercials just to make them take a little bit longer. 
Um, I think Whistler, I mean, it's hard to back the Rays in a bullpen game because they're not as good as they used to be in this and their lineup's not as good as the Red Sox, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how you can trust the Red Sox to close any games. I mean, hopefully we wrap this thing up soon because I, I'm looking forward to the last three innings of this baseball game, currently Sunday night baseball. It might be another four hours because we're probably going an extra time. Yeah, it's now a 7-6 game, top seven for the Red Sox. They're up by one. But um, let's just continue. I think we have okay, one last, more game. Yeah, last one, uh, the nightcap of the doubleheader, Detroit at Kansas City. I know, stay awake for this one. Alex Fiedo at Daniel Lynch. Whew, what a pitching matchup. Uh, currently Lynch <laughs> minus 128, over under nine and a half. Um, it's a lot of respect for a Kansas City team with Dylan. Lynch was supposed to be a big-time prospect. Hasn't delivered on that by any means just yet. And I, I prefer the, the Tigers' bullpen. So anytime they're underdog in this series – with another team that also can't hit. I'm interested in, in Detroit, though. Fiedo, uh, I feel like the um, the secret is out, and people know how to hit him now. I think there's this is just going to be a not really – I can't I can't really even, like, dissect this game, Griff. I, can't, I just can't. Like, it's – I know they see each other, like, 16 or 18 times a year, and we just talk about it. But imagine having to, like, watch both of these games in one day. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't uh, do it. I mean, as a lot of the people are listening to this, they're probably going to be betting a combination of, of Michael Pineda, Brad Keller, and or Alex Fayetto and Daniel Lynch. I mean, I think they'll be around for it. Daniel Dillon, I keep calling him a different D, whatever. Lynch from Kansas City. Um, unfortunately, Alex Fayetto's his last four starts have been bad. That's why he's in the minors. Uh, and now that we've come to this portion of our show, um, I'm going to give you a 20% off coupon. It's hit 20 H I T 20, 20% off for listeners of this podcast. Uh, you can get my picks, which come out each night before I go to sleep. Um, unless I go to a barge party, which did not happen for today's picks. Uh, so it was all over the place this weekend. I'll put it that way, but, um, we're coming back with a vengeance starting tonight and, uh, moving forward, hit 20, get 20% off my plays and everyone else uh, on the pregame.com website. And without further ado, we'll give our best bets. Uh, Taylor already claimed his, even though he's unfortunately another, uh, I think you're, I think you almost caught up to me. I think you're only one and a half games back, but it was, it was getting dicey there for a second. But why don't you give us your best bet? So, we talked about these two teams at length. They are both dominating in the National League East. One team had a ginormous lead for quite some time. The other team has now come back and now is a game and a half back. The matchup is Max Scherzer against Max Freed. The battle of the Maxes, and I'm going to take Max Scherzer plus 108. It's very rare, like we talked about, to see Max Scherzer home or away as an underdog. He has been a dominant starter. doesn't matter what team he's been on for his, I don't know, the last 15 years, we'd say so. So Max Scherzer, I'm liking him on the road. The Mets had a really good weekend at home. Comeback City. You got Keith Hernandez retiring his number. There's a lot of good moments over the weekend. Continue that run into Monday, Max Scherzer plus 108. Let's go. Nice. The uh, Just for Men sponsor uh, and his jersey retirement number all in the camp on the train for the Mets. The Metropolitans who, I mean, the thing you can expect from Scherzer is he can get out of jams. And I'm, 
I mean, Freed does have some swing and miss, but I would certainly uh, lean towards Scherzer in that one as an underdog, as we've already discussed. I'm going to go a little bit different direction for my best bet. I'm sticking with an underdog, though. I'm going to go with, I mean, I guess against your guy, uh, Michael Lance Lynn. I, I just, I don't believe in him. I don't think the White Sox should be favored on the road against a team with a real bullpen. Um, the Guardians certainly have their flaws and they're, I mean, Cal Quantrill is not the greatest out there since sliced bread, but at seeing them with a plus sign at home, I think they're more likely to win this game than lose it. Uh, more likely to win this game than the White Sox. So when I see the Guardians at home getting getting odds, I will take it. I just don't think Lance Lynn is the same guy we were expecting. Maybe this is his career arc going down. Maybe this is something he just needs to get more uh, in the flow of the season. But I, I'm going to take the Cleveland Guardians plus 102. And you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Feel free to come through with uh, – DMs or at Taylor and I, if you got any suggestions as we're still doing fan or listener questions on our Wednesday show, um, should be same for this week. So stick around, hit us up on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Find me there. You guys can follow me at Taylor Ringold, T A Y L O R R I N G O L D. Two best bets, and those best bets are underdogs. We love that. We love to see it. We appreciate you guys coming in. Each and every week, each and every episode, we appreciate you. DM us Wednesday's episode, fan questions. Let's hear from you guys. DM Griff and I. We will let you guys know, and we will let, let you guys, we'll mention you guys at the end of each of our pods on Wednesdays. So, Griff, good episode. We will catch you kids on the next one. Have a great start to your week. See you Wednesday. See you Wednesday.